Hi, I'm Glenn Brown with here with Kyle Harden of Marketocracy Masters. It's August 10th, 2023. Uh, having our monthly modelers meeting, portfolio managers meeting, and uh, we're just going to talk about what's going on in the market today. So, Kyle, what are your thoughts about inflation and what's going on with the Federal Reserve? Well, you know, I think it's the Federal Reserve is doing what we expected, you know, last time with, with the most recent raise. Um, you know, I, I think at this point, we, we may be done with, with the raise. I certainly think they're, they're going to pause. Um, you know, I don't think they'll come back after the next meeting with, with the raise. Um, so I, I think we're, I think they want to see at this point how the market responds to, to the current environment. Um, and, and we're seeing kind of mixed results, you know, in different segments of the market. Um, you know, tech certainly still continues to be on a tear. I mean, there have been some recent, you know, pullbacks with, with certain stocks like NVIDIA and, and, and others, you know, lately. Uh, yeah. But I think, you know, for the most part, you know, tech continues to do very well. Yeah. Obviously, we got some key leaders that have been kind of carrying the market to date. Um and, and so I think they're, you know, I, I think at this point, you know, I, I think the Fed's going to kind of wait and see how the rest of the market responds. Um, what, what are your thoughts, Glenn? Uh, yeah, I kind of feel that way too about the the Federal Reserve just kind of doing a wait and see right now. I have to say that inflation has gone down dramatically. You can't deny that. Yeah. Uh, the money supply is down about twenty percent from where its high was. That's pretty good, but still. If you look at some of the numbers, it's 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 unfortunate that the stock market's being held aloft by five giant companies and everybody else is kind of like floundering behind them. But um, but yeah, I I mean the numbers look good. Unemployment's really low. Money supply is going down. Inflation's coming down. So I think hopefully, knock wood, we're coming into that soft landing. I think we're in the process of it because I think. Uh, I think the economy's doing well. We're onshoring a lot more stuff. We're going to reindustrialize and start building plants. A lot of the companies said, we're willing to build factories, but we want the government to be behind us and back us. And they're like, yeah. And they're like, okay, game right. on. And uh, so the, the amount of building going on in the past six to 12 months has actually been amazing. I see like the, the amount of warehouses going up is just unreal. Right. Yeah. And I think we're going to continue to see a shift in, in, how companies work and what people are doing. You know, we, we've certainly seen, uh, you know, commercial real estate, you know, suffer. Uh, but I think it's, I think a lot of things where, you know, people are coming back to work as, you know, hybrid models, um, you know, still remote work is, is pretty big. And I think over time that's going to change, you know, how we, how we live and how we work, um, which is also going to change and create opportunities in other areas. So I think all of that is going to continue to change over time. And, and we will, uh, like you said, with, with more industrial jobs coming back, more onshore, you know, manufacturing, things that we haven't done a lot of, like chip manufacturing. Um, I, I know those facilities have been slow to get started and they're still trying to get those squared away. Um, but as that comes back, you know, comes onshore, you know, some of those things are going to change the demand for the types of jobs and things that, that people are doing here that we historically haven't done. Yeah. TSMC is actually having issues finding engineers to build chips out in Arizona because our schools really don't teach semiconductor design enough or how to build these things. So they have to import them from Taiwan. 
Exactly. It's gonna be come full circle, you know? Exactly. And that, that was a big one. That's one of the ones I was alluding to is you don't have people who are, are focused on that, right? A lot of people yeah. may be focused on what to do with the chips, right? Yeah. And how to, you know, but, but they don't really work on the fabrication. They're working on, hey, how, what do we do with that chip? You know, whether it's, you know, working in an iPhone or, uh, you know, in, a, in, a, in some other device. And, and so that's going to create additional opportunities over time. Right, a lot of that's going like you said, we're gonna have to bring people in to help kind of train people to get started. Um, but over time, people will, you know, that will create opportunities for them in, in a new field, really within the U.S. for for people to focus on. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Based based on your answers to this, where do you think we're gonna be in the next, say, by the end of the year, say by December? I think the market's going to continue for the most part to trend up. Um, you know, I think towards the end of the year always tends to be a bit choppy. You know, as we get into kind of the November, December range, you tend to see a lot more chop going into the end of the year. Um, but I, I think for the most part, you know, I think it's going to still trend positive. Uh, you know, I don't see any, any major reason, reasons for the markets to, you know, shift, you know, one way or the other. Um, so I think it's going to trend up a little bit of chop there. Um, but, but like you said, you know, I, I think a lot of the companies are still performing at high levels. Um, you know, we, we, have seen pretty good earnings calls from, from the majority of companies. Employment has been, um, consistently, you know, doing well. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think, you know, we, we should be pretty positive through the end of this year. Yeah, I, 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 I think I can kind of uh, believe in what you're saying there. Yeah, I think we're getting the summer doldrums now, and I think we're kind of seeing a subtle correction right now. I think people are mm-hmm. kind of into this. It's, it's like summertime. People are out. They're not into it, and things are being sold, and people are kind of taking their profits. But I think past Labor Day, I think that's when things will start to start moving again towards right. Thanksgiving. And then, yeah, we'll see more chop. But I, I don't know. I could – I think the Fed will probably do one, one or maybe two more uh, increases before the end of the year, but it'll be small ones. And I think that'll actually give us a chance for end of the year rally, right? If they hold off before the end of the year and they don't kind of like, you know, make it a crappy new year. So actually give us, you know, it'll give us some mercy at the end of the year. But I think things will be slow, slowing down enough that they'll be getting what they want. Right. right? Yeah. Right. Well, we were going to talk about China. So... What do you think about investing outside of the U.S., like in China or Europe or any other markets right now? China is an interesting one um, because, you know, it, it was funny. You know, there was an article recently uh, where they're talking about, you know, maybe restricting some of the things that people from the U.S. actually can invest into into China, you know, as far as whether it's chip manufacturers and, and things like that. So it's going to be interesting to see if that comes into play. Um, because that certainly would uh, put a big hit on some of the potential investments that, that people have historically wanted to gain in those Chinese markets. Um, so, so, you know, I, I think that's, you know, one to watch for, um, because a lot of the, the tech growth obviously has, has been in China. Um, so that, that's one where I think people may kind of cautiously be, be staying away from at, yeah. at this point. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's kind of dangerous. That's why companies like Apple and Tesla, that's 
their their primary danger, I think, right now is China and their exposure to China. But mm -hmm. at the same time, like actually, uh, the the CEO of Nvidia said, if we build all these fabrication plants in the U.S., but we can't sell to China, then we don't need all these fabrication plants. Right. It's like if we can't sell them to them, they're a third of our market. But if we can't sell to them, then we don't need any more plants. So it's kind of like a weird, you know, a catch-22. However, I do believe that anybody will buy those chips, even if the Chinese don't want to buy them. You know? Right. 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 Uh, with Apple, you know, everybody, I think they're moving to India. And I think they're going to move to Mexico, actually. I think that's going to be the next big place because they still want to be kind of technically offshore. But... You know, Mexico is close enough and the labor force is educated. So, you know, it's probably actually easier to actually build it there. And maybe maybe even India, that's yep. going to be the next. But they'll build them for India for the Asian market instead right. of actually moving them around. You know, it's like the Tesla model. You want a factory on each continent kind of thing, except for maybe Antarctica and the Arctic. But, you know, that'll be that'll be the last thing that he builds something on. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, you know, when you do the near shore, you, you try to find a place where you can get a cheaper labor rate, and then you have less of a shipping rate. Yeah. Um, so to your point, you know, you manufacture in India, and then you use that for you know the Asian uh, markets, perhaps you know Eastern Europe places like that, depending upon where else you may manufacture. Um, and then the same thing with potentially you know places in Mexico and. Um, you know, if you can if, if make sure you find the right labor force, depending upon which company. But um, those opportunities are what companies are looking for to reduce their overall costs, um, you know, and, and, and reduce their reliance on you know, individual areas like like China. Yeah. And Apple had years to know, but the deal was so good that they couldn't get out. You know, even Foxconn is looking to get out and they're a Chinese company. Exactly. Yeah. But I guess if there's a company that could do it, they have the cash to kind of move their factory anywhere on Earth. You know, they could put it in the middle of the Amazon if they wanted to, and they could probably <laughs> afford it. Yeah. Okay, let's, uh, do you have uh, a particular pick of the month that you have in mind? Some company you've uh, been mulling around in your brain? You know, I don't know that it's going to make uh, a quick turnaround. But one company I've been looking at is um, is Disney. Okay. And and Disney's been down. And you know Bob Iger is you know he's taking a lot of heat. He's he's you know doing a lot of things at, at Disney right now. I mean Dis Disney's had layoffs. Um, you know they had of course the the beef in Florida. They had you know the parks have been a bit down. Um, you know they're looking at potentially cutting back on some of the movies that they're making. They've had some bigger flops this year. Um, you know, as far as making the returns that they would like. Um, so, so I look at Disney as a buying opportunity because I've had all these different headwinds, but, but they still have a tremendous amount of assets. They, they're, they're talking maybe to unload, you know, maybe some of the networks that they don't need and yeah. really focusing in on their core strategy, maybe focusing in and, and maybe not releasing as much content, but they own so much content. They need to figure out the strategy between Disney Plus and Hulu. But I think there's a tremendous amount of opportunities around Disney. And I think it's a great buying opportunity now because of all those headwinds. I don't think it's something that's necessarily going to pop, you know, 20% in the next month. But I think it's something to start buying into. And it should, over the next year, get back to probably its all-time highs 
and, and beyond as they as they figure out their core strategy and get everything you know ironed back out. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've re- I've I watch a lot of uh, content about Disney and that they're struggling right now and that they're they're cleaning house actually. Right. And part of the part of the writer strike is going to be used to clean house of the people they don't want. Right. And then once they're done, then they're going to start negotiating with the writers after that. But they want to get rid of the people they don't like first to kind of, you know, they had they suppose I heard that they spent four billion dollars on that Star Wars hotel. And they yeah, already, that they're writing off and shutting down. Yeah. They yeah. thought it was two, maybe it was three billion, and they're like, no, four billion dollars. And they're like, they spent four billion dollars on Lucasfilm. You spent more on the hotel than you did on the actual Lucasfilm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and that's why, you know, with all of that being said, you know, I think it's now, you know, I don't know if it's, at, you know, at its bottom or, you know, if it's got a little bit more room to, to, to come down. But I, I think certainly in this area, it's certainly a time to start, you know, scooping it up if you believe in the long-term vision and all that content. And, and I mean, to me, content is king. And yeah. that's why Netflix, you know, Netflix is the one I'm a big fan of. When you have the content, you'll figure out how to make the money in the long run. And they have a wealth of content and um i you know i just see that as, as coming back you know coming back around uh, as soon as they figure out especially some of their digital strategy disney plus hulu and all of that and how they want to you know segment it and set it up um and, and then espn espn is huge and uh, you know i know they, they've had some issues around you know espn's not direct to consumer yeah. um you know as far as like a streaming app uh you know a lot of it's still based around the legacy cable model, and that's part of their issue with some of their profitability. But to me, that's a problem they're going to solve, and that'll be a you know it's a, it's a problem now, but it'll be an opportunity for them to to cash in on as they move forward over the next year or two. Hmm. Okay, yeah, they've actually lost a lot of money on Disney Plus, and you know you know what is what actually like I'm a fan of Star Wars and I grew up with it, and what they did is they made it. They actually took away some of the value by making it so easily to get in a way. Yeah. Like when mm-hmm. we were growing up, you got to see it in the movies, and maybe in a couple of years it might show up on video cassette, but that was it. You never got to see it again. And yeah. what Disney would do is they'd come out with, say, uh, Snow White or uh, or Cinderella, and they say, We're coming out with the new video now, but you won't get it for another 10 years. Right. They would only trickle feed it out to the population, but once you could just get it on streaming, it almost made the content less valuable because you could get as much of it as you want in right. a way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will. My pick right now is Service Now. Mm. Or Service okay. Now. So I was actually I met I saw a friend of mine the other night and uh, he he actually just got his computer science degree. And uh, so he's he's working for a company called SHI, which is a giant, uh, what would you call them, IT solutions company. They're actually based out of New Jersey. And so he was talking about how ServiceNow uh, is like, uh, it, it's like, it's one product that everybody seems to be searching for right now. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, a tr- it's a ticketing system. Mm-hmm. So say you're going to put in a ticket for an issue in your IT to, in your your computer doesn't work. So you basically use this system. But what people are doing now is they're hiring uh, developers to actually integrate it into their company. Right. So 
if they're willing to integrate it into their company, then it's probably at a value that, you know, like they, they think there's some kind of value that they'll spend the money to hire the developers to integrate it into their company. Yeah, no, and that's a great point because almost every large enterprise is using ServiceNow um, yeah. for their tickets. And, um, you know, it's almost like, uh, in, a, in a sense, you know, kind of like Salesforce for IT from a ticketing, you know, perspective. And Yeah. So it is expensive. And this is mm -hmm. this is this is <laughs> this is one of the things where uh, John in the last meeting said he'd like to buy Booking.com, but it's twenty eight hundred dollars a share. So it's up for the year. For five years, it's done well. But is it worthwhile at this point? Like philosophically, would you want to buy ten shares of a hundred dollar company or a hundred shares of a ten dollar company? You mm -hmm. know, right? And and. It definitely has a way to go, and it's it's been up to close to 613, 666 there. Yeah. So it's down 100 bucks, but it's still a decent company. And I think understanding the way he spoke about how companies really want to actually integrate this into their product. Oh, partners with Adobe. So you can actually integrate it in, and you know, all these companies will just partner with them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good pick. And I was like, this is the thing where it's like either a Tesla or an NVIDIA. It's like they get expensive. But like you said, if they can't be touched, maybe they're not that expensive. Right. You know, even at 555, it might be worthwhile. And they're doing deals with Adobe and they already can be plugged into Microsoft tools and everything like that. See, and there was he, he's talking about. I'm like, why would somebody program? Why would somebody connect their, their HR department or their accounting department into what in my brain is a trouble ticketing system. And he's mm -hmm. like, well, it kind of allows them to like here, automate relevant workflows between them. But I'm like, isn't that kind of what Salesforce is or SAP? You right. know, SAP, like it's a tool for kind of like connecting all the different parts of your company together. So, but still, yeah. you know. But they, they, may be, they may be trying to branch beyond just doing the, the IT ticketing, you know, really to, maybe take some inroads against Salesforce. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you're if you're a company and you uh, you're you're delivering to somewhere and you need an outage map and you can look it up instantly in your system and you can connect it to HR and who the tech support guy is going to actually go out and fix it, then this stuff actually becomes even more powerful. It's Absolutely. like uh, what is it? The, is it the salesman dile salesman's dilemma? Have you ever heard of that? It's a Yeah. It's a, the mathematics problem where beyond a certain number of stops, like you'd need like all the all the atoms in the universe to figure out like what what the answer is because you can only it's for like optimizing the route. But I think AI and stuff it will actually integrate all this stuff together, right? Yeah, That's where right. I think this stuff is this is this could be the next Salesforce in a couple of years, something like that. That's why I kind of like it. Yeah. No, absolutely. So we're at the end of August. Any any final thoughts, Kyle? I think it's a great time to be in the market. You know, I, I think there's still going to continue to be great buying opportunities. I, I think as we get into next year, I think the broader market is is really going to increase. You know, right now we we've talked about you know there's been a few major companies you know that have really carried the market this year. I think you know as we get into next year, really to your point, you know if we do have a couple more raises you know, end of this year, maybe leading into next year, I think we kind of 
you know, have that soft landing. And I think we really start to, the rest of the market, I think really starts to rebound, uh, potentially going into early next year. And so I think it's still a tremendous buying opportunities for some of those companies, especially tech companies that maybe haven't rebounded or rebounded as significantly as some of the big leaders. And so I, I think when I mean, you're looking at those maybe tier two, tier three companies, and I've talked about AMD in the past, we've seen when the video is done, I think AMD still has some room to run as they try to really position themselves as, as second place, you know, in, in the AI GPU, you know, chip manufacturing space. So I think there's a lot of companies um, that really have the opportunity. And so I think there's still a lot of great buys out there in the market right now. Okay. Sounds good. Um, I kind of, I kind of agree with the idea that we're kind of like in a kind of a holding pattern and that some of the, uh, the companies are, I think we're in kind of a uh, profit taking period right now Yeah. in the summer. I think people are kind of taking some of the, the gravy off the top, but I think once, you know, back to school season starts in September, then the market starts to move. And then usually in October, kind of, kind of hang, I think that's like when earnings season kind of kicks in. Right. Mm -hmm. But then I think as you get through October into November, it starts to kick in again towards Thanksgiving. And I think, like you said, I think with some of these tech companies pulling back, they are presenting opportunities because they haven't come back that much. Right. And Vinny hasn't dropped 300 points. Thank God, you know, <laughs> in, like in a week, you know, you know, thankfully that guy didn't buy a, a giant social media company either, you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think the economy is strong, not wood, you know, co compared to Venezuela, which has 429% inflation, right. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take the United States, you know, and the fed doing what it's doing right now. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think we're, I think we're, I think the economy is good. And I think, yeah, I think, uh, I think our markets are still strong enough and, and uh, what's the word? Uh, they, they have vitality in them. You know, they're always say what you want about them. There's, there's an incredible amount of money that's pouring through it every single day that, you know, other countries would, you know, would wish they had, you know, so I, I view that as, as it's, it's like a thriving financial market moving back and forth. And that's actually, that's what's powerful about it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, I, I agree with your, with, your, with your thoughts there. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you, Kyle. This was a good uh, meeting for the month of August, 2023. And uh, thank you for your input and your opinions. And uh, if you want to invest in marketocracy masters, find our site online and uh, get in touch and sign up and start an account. Get behind us. All righty. Thank you.